when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Female professional wrestler. Enter the ring if you dare here on BBC One after Monday's One Show. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Game of Thrones The Walking Dead Westworld No, that's the West Wing. West, Westworld There have been many podcasts which seek to analyse the complexities, the depth, the plot lines, the hidden story arcs, the beauty of these productions. Quite simply, the world doesn't need another one, which is why we're applying that level of discussion to the bottom of the televisual barrel and scraping it with a weekly celebration of The One Show! Hello once again and welcome to a part of a cast and the cast in question is that of TV's The One Show, not really a cast as such is it, more a carny sideshow of acts wheeled out for an early evening BBC One audience to gawp at in wonderment and disbelief. This is The The One Show show which uniquely on a crowded pitch of TV show discussion podcast spin-offs seeks to examine and analyse a programme that literally doesn't warrant anything like this level of scrutiny. I I am John Holmes, and in the week that The One Show was cruel to a Muslim, stroked a not-alive cat, and grafted a kangaroo's pouch onto a woman, I'm joined by... That's true. By three guests. Three guests this week. It's a booking error. Who will dissect it like it meant something? So they are WrestleMe podcast host and The The One Show show regular Mark Haynes, actor and writer, you'll know him from Murder in Successful, etc., Nico Tatarovich, and also making his The The One Show show debut at... Actor, writer, comedy man. Uh, he was brutally killed in both Hollyoaks and Dennis Kelly's excellent Utopia. So, hoping to make it a hat trick at the end of this. And let's face it, who amongst us hasn't had suicidal thoughts when watching the one show? It's Dan Tetzel and Santa Claus. Yes. Thank you. 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 Yes. Thank you
yeah. what, what the guests on the one show get, so that's what you get as well. Oh. Applause from people who are forced out of offices to come and applaud at the beginning. Dan Tetzel, welcome along. Thank you. Thank Lo- you for having lovely, me on your sofa. Lo- lovely to see you. It's a nice sofa, isn't it? It's lovely, yeah. Uh, we Only with the profits from this podcast have we been able to afford it. It's right. a very small sofa. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and Nico, welcome as well. Thanks. Um, uniquely, though, for you, um, mm. in that... But let me be upfront about this. Yeah, let's. Because it's, you know, this isn't like... Were. Nico was just in the pub. Yes, right. very much so. Um, We've had a couple of pints, which we often do before we do a recording. Yeah, well, well you do. I mean, I literally have a glass of water. Just, not just a man in the pub. <laughs> I was in the pub and you know me already. That's that's fair. And we think, what are you doing? Oh, I'm not going to do for the next hour. Come along, we said. I, I think this sort of freewheeling excitement is exactly what the one show needs. It does seem, doesn't it? If though, only, yeah. most if only you're allowed to wander in. At least one of their guests every day seems to be dragged in. Oh, we know him. It will get him out of the pub. So Yeah, I mean, Very I true. think David Dimbleby had a pint or two before <laughs> yeah, this week's show, didn't he? Let, well, why don't we start there? Yeah. This was Wednesday's was it Wednesday? show. The hour-long special, yeah. yeah. David Dimbleby. So, Dan, what did you, as a, as a sort of having not really watched the one show until you had to for this? Right, well, first of all, I should say, very first up, that I know Angelica Bell. I was at university with her. Excellent. Oh, showing we, off. I know. And that, we did we did a production of Macbeth in the, the Edinburgh Festival. In the canteen. Uh, and she, uh, I was Banquo, and uh, she was one of the murderers, and also my ghost. Angelica Bell is your ghost. She was my ghost. She wore a mask. <laughs> Plaster cast mask on my face. Yeah. Wow. And then I, I pointed out that I don't have any distinguishing features, really. So from that, we back engineered it so that my Banquo had a, uh, had an eye patch. <laughs> that, which, and that's uh, why she wears it to this day yeah. on the one yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was very good. So I was very pleased she wasn't on this week, so I can just talk quite freely <laughs> yeah, about what that. that was. Jay Rayner was very indiscreet last week. Oh, dear, no. But yeah, so the Wednesday, David Dimbleby appeared to be on one. He seemed to be like released. He was having a breakdown or he was just really happy. To... It's weird because I oh. think it's because we've never seen David Dimbleby out of context. No, he's quite Because he, yeah, obviously he, he has to do question time, he has to do the commentary of royal things. So we only ever see him in that yeah. sensible situation. But off the leash, it turns out Dimbleby is quite the cad. I mean, he was... <laughs> He was properly yeah, on. Is it yeah. off the leash or is it just before he goes to work? Because he's a busy looking man, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he yeah, just yeah. Look, always glasses perched on the end of his nose, sort of trying to handle a room. He and, did forget uh, a couple of times whose show it was. He started oh, asking a lot of questions. He started yeah, yeah. hosting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he took over the hosting. And, and then, mm. even at one point where uh, um, Matt Baker was trying to introduce um, a, a film, uh, no, it was a clip. It was just a, it was a clip of Dimbleby's documentary. But he wouldn't let him do it. Every time Matt was clearly looking to camera going, well, we've got a clip, he just kept talking and talking and going on. At, some, at one point, um, David Walliams, who was the other guest on this, we we'll go. get on to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that they, sounded like an news. ominous they very, cloud. I mean, they very I mean, it much is. behaved the opposite way to each other, you would right. think. Okay. Like they were playing each other's parts. But then one was like sniffing his drink, going, what's in this? Is it water or something else? <laughs> do, you, do you know an excellent place to go to in any major city to see a picture of David Dimbleby in some swimming trunks? No, I mean, there is there no. is a shop no, that you can not. go to in every major city where you will see photographs, candid photographs of Dimbleby on holiday. I'm going to guess. I'm going to go John Lewis. No, it's similar middle class shop. Lush. Leon. <laughs> Bang on. What? Yes. Tetzel calls it. <laughs> what? Leon is set up by Henry Dimbleby, who is one of the Dimbleby sons. Yeah. But they decorate a lot of the Leons with family photos where mm. you can just pop in and you can eat your fish finger wrap and look at a picture of David Dimbleby on holiday sitting on a rock. Are they are they From national? The 70s, I mean, there's not one where I They're old pictures, yeah, aren't they? They're yeah. old pictures, yeah. yeah. Not like now. No, no. It's not, it's not like old men that you have yeah. to sort of like eat food and look at pictures of old, old men in. 
in really tight speedos. Old political journalists on rocks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a calendar I'd buy. Is Leon a national? I don't. I don't. There's not one where where I'm from. No, they're, they're mainly in big metropolitan cities. No, I'm not from that. No, no, no. That's an alien. Where are you from? Well, I live in Canterbury, and there certainly isn't one there. There won't be a Leon. There's a big wimpy though. That's my nickname. Have you got a pumpkin at the train station there? There is a pumpkin. That's the sign that your town is not a city. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm from London. What's a pumpkin? (laughs) Pumpkin cafe. It's It's like a sort of a a platform-based coffee and pastries offering. Where newspapers as well? Yeah, it's got a magazine. It's the equivalent equivalent of airside in an airport. (laughs) In the the, when you, you go to buy a bottle of water and it's like fucking 199 <laughs> and you think well I've got no choice now I've gone through yeah. <laughs> but the Dimbleby episode itself so we had we had let's talk about how it oh, began yeah. as well because it began in a really weird way Dan uh, well it was the um, a lot of this feels like a weird fever dream that I've just <laughs> forgot I can't remember which episode anything happened in because it was all so odd they were on the forecourt, weren't they? Yes. The table football. Table football World, World Cup. Cup. Yeah. Hosted by Colin Murray. Ma- Colin Murray. <laughs> Colin Murray. I feel yeah. like he'd. I've never seen. I haven't seen Colin Murray in years. It's obviously he going came. very well for him then. Yeah. It? <laughs> he, he looked a bit like he'd had a rough few years. He looked a bit. He looked a bit leathery. Like he may not have all his teeth in the back of his head. Still, you know, it was. Uh, also, it made me wonder. We might come back to it, but does Matt Baker insist that all the other presenters are shorter than him? Because it's a weird collection of very. I'm short waiting men for on the call. I don't think. That call's going to come now. <laughs> what was strangest about it was that they obviously set up that there were 38 people playing table football on these groups and they would work it down, but they had this hilarious joke that the man playing for England was the national football table football champion. And I don't know if they'd told Alex that that was the joke or she just didn't get it or she was very good at pretending not to get it. I think it's the, the second point, one. <laughs> yeah, to the point where they kept having to reference it and nudge and wink. Yeah. And Did it feel by any chance that no one really knew why they were doing what they were doing? Yes, yes. Because in the few episodes that I've watched of the one show, I felt like not only do they necessarily not know why they're doing what they're doing, I don't know why they're doing it or why I'm watching it. And it's like everyone is just waiting for it to be over with. There there was a perfect example of this where they were talking to uh, the lady who won the Great British Bake Off last year, Nadia Hussain, and that was on Tuesday's show. And they had a bit where she had a recipe for tomato soup with mash in it. Oh, God. And they were saying, oh, it's absolutely split the whole room as to whether anyone likes it or not. And both the presenters were going, this is nice. And they said, but wait till you see this. And they threw up a mocked up, I'd say Photoshop. I don't think it was even no, Photoshop. It, I mean, it was <laughs> shocking. A picture of Donald Trump oh, sitting yeah. there yeah. with a bowl of this tomato soup with mash in it in front of him. And nobody knew what to do or say <laughs> when it came up. It was one of those things yeah. everyone must have gone, this is hilarious. Okay. Hilarious. It comes up and you go, it's meaningless. Well, I'll tell you what, one of your recipes really did split the room today. Go on. Which was the tomato soup with mash in it. I'm all for it. Yep. I mean, I think on a Sunday, a big old dollop of mashed potato in in a bowl of soup. That's it. That is my comfort food. Well, we've got a picture of Trump actually taken in. (laughs) Here we go. There you are. There's Macron in the background. Bon appetit. (laughs) Does he look happy? Does he look happy? I think he does. He looks excited. Oh, he looks excited. But I can imagine a lot of people watching this now. Nadia at home Same thinking, it's not going to work. Mashing soup. 
smashing. I'm going to try it. Nobody understands what this is. No. We're going to assume this is a joke. Are we going to assume this is a joke? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've got the nod. That was a yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Nadia Hussain episode was weird because it opened with them. They'd converted the whole place to a flower shop for yeah. stuff. And I was watching it thinking, right, at the peak of hay fever season, what you've done is <laughs> filled a studio full of people with as many flowers, just flowers, flowers. And they sort of, we'll, we'll get to this. We'll tell you why we're doing this. This one opened with a joke. There was, there was a massive car crash earlier <laughs> and people have been leaving their respects. <laughs> Someone this... went, drove their car straight into the <laughs> no, studio. This opened with a joke. And I'm going to tell you the joke because I don't think this joke can be anything other than a referencing to bombing. Right. Yes! <laughs> I know what you're about to say. Yes, yeah. go on. So Matt opens up and it's a scripted gag that they've decided to kick the show off with. And he says, so, and he says, a big day in the world of our relationship. Alex today has done something I've been asking her to do for five years. It's happened. I can't believe it. Look, I've written the words bum sex in my notes. Can you see that? <laughs> Hello and welcome to The One Show with Matt Baker. And with Alex Jones and it is a big day. In the world of our relationship, actually, Alex today yeah. has done something that I've been asking you to do for five years. It's yeah. happened. I can't believe it. I know. I have brought back his wallpaper stripper. Hey. I know. Now, the joke is, he'd lent her a wallpaper stripper and she'd finally give him back. Let's, let's make it clear as well. Shall we say? Something yeah. that's or... never been referenced on the one show before that he's lent her this. So why yeah. on earth we're suddenly invested in it after five years? But this, after five years, she's done something I've been asking her to do for five years. Yeah. That can only be an yeah. anal sex it, joke. It, it, no, I, no, I think it was, a, it was probably it was an engagement joke, wasn't it? I think. I go, no, because done something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Done something. Yeah. I believe it. I've been asking her to do, do. for five years. Yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's open her anus <laughs> yeah. and take the baker. Yeah. <laughs> the only the only reason I say that is because it's not something you do, really, is it? It's more that technically that she's done to you. I like to think of it. I like to think. Like, listen. <laughs> You know, Listen, you're just the back on to you. I don't think. No, it's not, I in a, know that in a in a loving relationship, that's, I'd say that's uh, that's a joint decision. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 and it certainly should be. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I cannot see Kids, what the joke is supposed to be if it isn't. I finally, yeah. after yeah. five yeah. years, yeah. 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 begging and cajoling, uh, Alex has agreed finally to have <laughs> anal sex. There is no other. There is no other way that joke This goes. is the what spirit. makes me think that somebody might be, the scriptwriter might be listening to this and have gone, I'm going to give them something to go on right at the top of Tuesday's <laughs> yeah. show. Matt and Alex won't get it. They'll think it's no. about the wallpaper stripper. Yeah. But the guys uh, off the The One Show like show. Like when the EastEnders started putting Harry Hill references in. Just to, Did they? Yeah. I wasn't started, aware of that. It was an episode of EastEnders where they had one of those Tamwar wanted to be a stand-up comedian and not the open mic night. There was someone who's dressed as Harry Hill. <laughs> a woman dressed with a ball a cap. Woman. A woman dressed as Harry Hill with a ball cap. As the, and she went, that was the daughter of Harry Hill. <laughs> a little Easter egg for you guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they then moved on to this whole, uh, the flowers thing. Yeah. And then mm. there was a bit where, again, they tried to get Nadia Hussain from Bake Off involved in the flowers. I don't think she knew why they were there yet either, because they were holding this uh, massive revelation back as to why they were sitting <laughs> in this pollen factory. Uh, and it, I don't know whether it was written in, because you know that thing where we've gone before where you have to involve the guest in whatever else he's talking, yes. they're talking yeah, about? Yeah. Mm. But she was wearing a, a dress with some flowers on the sleeve. <laughs> now, whether that was deliberate they go can you make sure you do that because it will tie in with what we're talking about or not but they just said Nadia you're a big fan of flowers aren't you and because they've got them on your dress right and, and you're sort of going 
It doesn't make her a fan. I've got. I'm wearing it now. I've got a T-shirt with a skull on it. I don't want you to fill this studio with dead people. I mean, it doesn't make. It wasn't like, even what? It wasn't even Alex saying that. It was Matt. Who what said was it in that? a really slightly more aggressive. Well, you got them on your dress. Fucking lying to me. I can only vaguely do Welsh, so I have to put it in that. He was also. He was a bit patronising here because Alex, as well, when she was explaining the flowers, she said they're very pretty, quite punchy, and he just turned to her absolutely seriously and just went. Oh, good word. Uh, we'll explain later why we filled our studio with these lovely orchids. They're nice, aren't they? They're quite punchy. Um, and let's hope <laughs> tonight's word. guest is a fan. <laughs> like you would with a child. And that's a good word. You really thought that through. Punchy, well that's, uh, that's the word we used last night when we were trying anals. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were still angry about his wallpaper strip. And then in comes Henry Blofeld, which, uh, which was also brilliant, uh, the cricket commentator. They had a simple thing of going, we'll set it up like he's... Blofeld from the Bond films. Yeah. He'll be stroking a cat, and all he needs to do is say that iconic line that we all know so well. <laughs> I was expecting you, Mr. Bond. I was expecting you, Mr. Bond. <laughs> <laughs> And if you didn't get it from the cat, well, the voice has got to be a giveaway. It's Henry Blofeld. Except that's wrong, isn't it? It's, it's, I've been expecting you, Mr Bond. So it was almost like they'd gone, copyright, copyright, we've got to change it ever so slightly. I was expecting you, Mr Bond. I was not expecting anal sex, Mr Bond. Uh, My little fact of the week is that Blofeld, the Bond villain, is actually named after Henry Blofeld. Blofeld's dad. Fingers yes. we've learned. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah, that. Second that reference in, in, in like five days to the Ian Fleming novel Thunderball. They mentioned that Tommy Steele, when he was on, he's mentioned in Thunderball. And they mentioned today that yeah. this was where Blofeld's introduced That's as well. Right. So you knew that, Dan? You knew I knew that. I knew that. And so that when he said, Matt Baker said, oh, that we were Alex, I think blend in one, said, uh, it's, named, it's named after you. And he went, well, my, my father, actually. Yeah. But <laughs> now you think about it, that you makes sense because... Paul, have you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it does make sense because you sort of go, well, yeah, it is an unusual name. I don't know any. So of course yeah. they would have been at school together, probably, because, you know, they're all posh and that. So they were at school together and then that's it. And that's how they, that's <laughs> what that, they did. The rest, as they say, is history. The nice thing is that Blofeld came on and he he's an older bloke and he's been in the business for a long time and he had proper anecdotes and it was really thrilling to him, for him to sort of go oh, so I, was on, I was on holiday and I was staying at Ian Fleming's house Noel Coward had rented it up for six months and Noel said to me and if, if you're going to give me anecdotes give me proper yeah, anecdotes good. Yeah. good news but also if you're going to give me a someone going back to their old school to give them a, a pep talk about life and what life might hold for them don't go to Eaton don't that have a very posh man go to Eaton that was the thing what they said he, they sent him to do a lecture at Eaton <laughs> And he was waxing in, in this current diversity climate yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of posh, white, middle class, all that stuff. And he's going, well, who can we get that really embodies all of that? Yeah, let's get Henry Bobo and take Blofeld. him back to Eden. Yeah. My man was a very Victorian Blofeld's upbringing yeah. in a massive castle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's one of those black and white pictures that looks like it's come from the royal photo album of him sitting on a lawn and also, a child those Eaton with boys, a nanny. Those Eton boys who they were talking to, and you might say, well, this is your old-fashioned view of yeah. Eton, you know. It's changed and it's it's diverse. A, they were all white, and B, they were wearing a shirt that I've never seen before, and it was a different type of shirt than the one we all know, and it had a funny different collar that I've never seen before. And if you're wearing a shirt that people like us have never seen before, you are the elite. You're wearing your elite yeah. shirt. Yeah. Th- that bit as well that when they said he's gone to gone to Eton to do a one show lecture, and you go, oh, what, oh, what, oh, what? You might as well have a Love Island. Run in at CERN 
or something. I mean, what the hell's a one-show lecture supposed to be? They're taking over from the Reef lectures. It's yeah, exactly. Just, the yeah. Reefian values now encapsulated by the one-show. Yeah. <laughs> they, no, they did do a thing which, which Alex brought up a thing and she said, you have said before that nowadays you wouldn't make it onto television because oh. you've got a posh accent. Yeah. And I thought, oh, he, oh, do you know what? Yeah, he did it very well. He handled, he handled it really yeah. well. And yeah. as we said, you've been the voice of cricket for, well... Ages and ages and ages. But you think that you probably wouldn't have got the job these days because, you know, you've got a lovely posh accent. Well, I wonder. I mean, I, I don't know. Perhaps I'm a, a bit of risk goes with employing me. Um, political correctness hangs over most things these days, doesn't it? And perhaps I, at times, tend to spike my way through it. I think I have a certain risk factor. And I wonder, I mean, I wonder if John Arlott and Brian Johnston, they came along, great commentators they were at that time and, and all time, but in today market, I just wonder if they fronted up the BBC for a, a test commentary, a trial commentary, mm-hmm. um, how they, whether they would cut it. But he was sitting there next to Nadir Hussain, so it naturally, as he was, he, he didn't bumble through it because he's really, really good at speaking. Uh, and he was talking about really how they were wordier than people today. He was slightly going, "Look what I'm talking to." Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, you yeah. now and yeah. not me. But there was a weird thing about the cameramen slightly threw out to a, a two shot of Nadia and Blofeld when he was talking about the PC. Yeah. Nadia's face was very much stuck in that bit between how is this going and it's going yeah. okay so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a little they bit They pulled it round. You know, awkward moments on the one show. We know it's live television. That's what happens. And you're absolutely right. And it was a little bit. And you sort of go... Uh, okay, this is a big diversity issue. It's massive for the BBC, and uh, Alex and Matt's asses must have been going five p fifty p five p fifty p. How is this going to go? But, but he was ever the professional. He just said even Jonas, the great Jonas, probably wouldn't get a job on it now because you know yeah. he's a posh white bloke, so he yeah. can fuck off. He handled that really well because yeah. I do think there's a certain element of when you ask someone of that generation, would you get on TV now? What you're waiting for them to do is kind of go, well, of course not. It's all bloody lesbians these days, <laughs> yeah. and he obviously, you know, he's a intelligent and b a nice dude. Yeah. So you know, well so done. So why for him. ask him on the well, one show? I, I suppose slightly <laughs> they had asked. To... They had asked Nadia about saying, you know, what was your experience like, and do you feel like, you know, mm. that, that it was important that you won? So in a weird way, to be absolutely your message, you do have to ask the next guest the same thing. Have you ever sent racist abuse to a <laughs> Bake Off winner? Talking about Nadia, there was a little bit of what I considered to be Muslim baiting. They were talking about because obviously Nadia Baker as an item. Oh, oh so as an item, and, and now we're going no, to no, bait that's... some Muslims. Here's a film. <laughs> there was a bit where they're, so they're talking about Ramadan. Okay, so obviously, and the rules of Ramadan. Now, remember, what time is the one show on live? Yeah. It's seven o'clock. That's not sunset is no, it? in no. the summer, right? No. So they had a table full of treats. Alex Jones's word, right? And she said they talked about Ramadan. And they said, okay, Nadia, you know how do you do? It? She said, well, I'm a, when I cook, I'm a picker, but I put food in my mouth during Ramadan, forgot and taken it out because it's Ramadan. I can't eat till the sun sets. She said, and then in front of they go well we've got a table full of treats like, and you just go right she can't eat the treat because the sun that we've is clearly it's clearly coming through the windows from, from the forecourt still and, and she obviously was staring at it and they go well we'll be enjoying these later and you go well she won't because it's not sun so, so and then Alex is just eating them in front of her it's just this whole what are you doing they had a little uh, a video about Sheffield's new mayor who is a huge dude. Uh, he's a Somali guy, Somali heritage, he's Muslim, and he wears a backwards baseball cap. He's in the Green Party, and I think he's the youngest mayor, if not in Britain, certainly in Sheffield's history. Certainly he's... without a cat. <laughs> <as> a <scientist. laughs> he's 28, and the, he, what he doesn't have is a wife. 
So when he gets to do all his mayoral duties, he doesn't have a plus one. So he's begun putting on Twitter, would you like to be my official consul? <laughs> and he picks random people and they come in and they are his official consul. And the one show decided to go, well, let's have our, the first ever consort that he has will be a one show presenter. And they brought in a lady of Middle Eastern descent. I don't know her religion, but she's of Middle Eastern descent. And I thought there was something really horrible about this insofar as I've never seen her before. And they've brought her out to kind of go, we're going to send someone as the official consort of the Muslim mayor of Sheffield. But don't worry, people in the racist areas of Britain. She's also possibly Muslim. <laughs> we're, not, we're not giving him a white consort. Don't worry. Traditionally, Lord Mayors are required to attend countless ceremonial events, usually with their mayoress or their consort. But without a partner, Majid is on the lookout for a plus one. So he's inviting members of the public to join him as his consort on official dates. And that's where I come in, because I'm going to be the first person to take on the role. Hey, Marine, jump in. Hello. Hello, welcome. Thank you for letting no, me no, come no, along no. as your first consort. Brilliant. I am honoured. <laughs> so she did the first consort job. He rode around on a bike. It looked brilliant being a mayor of Sheffield. The second consort was a white lady. And yeah. that was, you know, no, I was like, OK, okay. we'll see how he gets it was a bloke. Like, what? No, the third one was no, a middle-aged white bloke who he took to a gym as his <laughs> official right. consort. That mayor is brilliant. A huge fan. Uh, but I, but I, did, I did think, why have you got this person who is part of your one-show crew who is I've never seen before? She may have been on before. She's certainly not been on in the Time two we've months doing this. that we've yeah, been yeah. watching it. And it just seemed a little bit a sop to the Brexit voting one show viewers who were not ready to see a white person mm. go out with someone who came originally from Somalia. Well, like, sort of, maybe we should start him with one of his own and see how he gets on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was a bit weird that they sent someone quite young and attractive. Because mm. you think, now it does look like he's trying to pick people up. Yes. <laughs> because the whole point is he's going, no, I'm not trying to pick people up. He yeah. started with the big fat white man. <laughs> yeah, what, what was really funny is the second... Matt right or something. <laughs> <laughs> the, second, right. the second consort uh, was just a, a nice young girl from Sheffield. And they went to a factory... And she ended up shaking hands with all of the workers. She's not. She's not <laughs> like a dignitary. It didn't. It made the whole idea of being the mayor's wife the most absurd thing in the world. Where it was just some girl who got the bus, and then she was shaking hand with all the workers, going, "Wonderful job, wonderful job." Aren't, isn't the, the job that these people are doing in technically escorting? But instead of a blowjob, escorting. <laughs> instead of a blowjob, they shake hands with workers. <laughs> it's really nice. It's a way of getting the blandocracy to understand Tinder in the um, Brexit age. Can we talk about Monday's programme? Because mm-hmm. this was the one with Michael Crawford and the one <laughs> where... Only if we can come back to the man who was obsessed with orchids. Oh, well, we will. <laughs> okay, well, no, that, and you're right. You're I don't want to miss out on I don't want to miss out on that either. No, he was, he was obsessed. But yes, more of which are not. I just Because I just wanted to talk about the opening of the one show, which I, ordinarily, what do you get? You get the BBC One ident, and yep. then you just go, and now it's uh, the one show. And as we've discussed many times, there's two seconds of silence and some graphics before the music kicks in, and yeah, we don't know why. That, Still haven't yeah. solved it. However, instead of that, what we got was the, the sequence from Some Mothers Do Have where, for those of a certain age will know this, Frank Spencer, Michael Crawford, playing Frank Spencer, is, is on roller skates, coming down a, a, a spiral 60s over the motorway concrete stairs mm-hmm. into the road, grabs hold of the back of a bus, right? That's a 
famous sequence. If you know it, it's a hugely, hugely famous sequence. And they they reshot it, but with Matt Baker. Except all they'd done was sort of not reshot it. In close up, there was a very bad green screen of Matt Baker hanging onto the back of clearly a bus yeah. that was static. Yeah. And then cut, tried to cut that in the actual shots of this from the 70s. And Alex was driving the bus. Which was never a shot in the original anyway of a bus driver. No. At all. But what are you, what are, you know we talk about things we've learned uh, mm. from this week's The One yes. Show. What I learned is The One Show doesn't have a budget. <laughs> <laughs> no. That bit also taught me something else. When she sat down after the credits had rolled and she said the line, See now, I knew that bus licence would come in handy. I knew that bus licence would come in handy. Welcome to The One Show with me, Alex Jones. Where's Matt? He's over here. Yeah! Alex Jones has a licence to drive a bus. I mean, has she? They have that thing as well where they presume the viewers have watched this every night for nine years and you know all the backstory. So she doesn't say... In season season two, the the one where she got an HGV (laughs) licence. It's exactly the sort of thing they do. I think someone who had a bus licence wouldn't call it a bus (laughs) licence. That would be my feeling. Well, that also ties in with... Also, if you saw her drive... I mean, she wasn't... But isn't that the most one-show thing? that At some point, they would have done a film where she'd have gained her bus licence. But that also ties in with... Maybe that's how she got to school in Wales. You know, took all the... You know, there's only one school on the whole mountain. Dear podcast connoisseur, it's entirely evident that you know your podcast stuff. Why else are you here? That's why I'm here to recommend SmashPod. What a helpful chap. Now, SmashPod is a podcast celebrating all the Bond films and Bond-related films by those who enjoy, hate, or, you know, just aren't asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. If he's half the genius they say he is, we're in for real trouble. So why not join me as I delve deeply into Bond and Bond-related films, tackling a different film in each episode with an exciting guest by my side. <laughs> I promise you'll have a lovely time. That's putting it mildly, 007. Oh, shut up, Q. Put your fingers away, for God's sake. I hope you don't snore, Q. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. 
Learn more at byheart.com. Hello, my name is Pete Ellison. This is Dave Cribb. Hello, and we do a podcast called Friends with Friends, as you might have guessed from the music that's playing underneath, uh, which is a sort of lo-fi rendition of the Friends theme tune for rights reasons. We get a different guest on every week on our podcast to talk about their favourite episode of Friends. And we look through it in excruciating detail. We pick through levels of plots like no one has ever done before. So if you like Friends or just listening to people talking, which are both valid activities, do look us up on the old podcast app and that friends with friends and we're on twitter at friends wf but it ties with my handbrake turn of the week here because there was a little bit later well no well first of all it also not only assumed we knew about the bus license it also assumed that the audience has a working knowledge of some mothers do have them because at no point did they reference it no uh, at all, they no. just assume now. Um, if there's a millennial, I don't know who watches the one show for fuck's sake. Obviously, but apart from the people that work on it, but it was this whole weird thing that happened where it's going. Okay, look at this sequence of thing where we've shoddily stuck Matt and Alex in. Mm, yeah. Yet, yet we're not giving you any frame of reference to what this is. The a la- man hanging last, off a bus. I, mean, I don't I mean, understand. The last time this was on television was probably the late eighties, early nineties. There was a comic relief special where he recreated where Michael Crawford recreated it a few years ago. I, I think I learned yes, that. Yes, they, they reference it, it in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Even so, there was no context. And then, then when you went, she took the hat off, and Matt Baker wasn't there. And then she said, "Where's, where's Matt?" And then a voice sort of went, "He's over here." Camera swung round, and there's Matt Baker struggling on the roller skates that they'd obviously shot earlier. But pretending. he's over here in the catacombs of this idea. <laughs> <laughs> Where Michael Crawford, who was Frank Spencer, who was in the original, sort of brought him onto the set. Yeah. And you're going, but still you haven't explained who these people are or what the context is. It doesn't help as well that Michael Crawford looks identical to Roger Daltrey. Yes, he does. And that was a really sort of confusing thing, because I saw him, and I'm like, why is Roger Daltrey doing some mother's... Oh! Very confusing. They couldn't work out which bit of Tommy to do. (laughs) (laughs) So that handbrake turn, this came slightly later on, so they've spoken to Michael Crawford about the whole thing, right? And then they had to get to the next film. Uh, Well, of course, Alan. Alex drives a bus. And when she drives a bus, it's always on time. But the same can't be said for Northern Rail. Uh. And then they just cut to the film so let, let, Let's yeah. be in absolutely no doubt about this. This was the most boring ten minutes of anyone's life ever. This was this was like a Facebook fucking group on television <laughs> yeah. where everyone was moaning about trains in areas I don't go to Well, it was <laughs> for 15 minutes. It's one of those moments of the one show where you're watching it and then they cut to a thing about Northern Rail and you go... Oh my god, this is national. I thought this oh, I forgot this wasn't just a <laughs> regional, regional pile of shit. Time. I thought it was just what we don't get instead of the Northwest News. Like, oh my god. It was so long. This and the point that Jay Rayner made last week, they had exactly that problem here where they have this long piece about failing rail times and I can tell you an app that someone set up that tra- trails it. The reason I know that is because that's a very popular app and I can tell that by the number of people who are including our tweet handle the one show show thinking it's the one show going on about this fucking app <laughs> which is basically as far as I can work out only concerned with Cleethorpes. Right? <laughs> now this boring thing it finishes it finally fucking finishes there's light at the end of the tunnel ironically it's trains 
The next bit we have is a 15-minute chat with the guy who's made the film about exactly the thing we've just seen him talking about. Repeating yeah. it over oh, and over again. It gave me God. 15 minutes more to think, was he in Brookside? <laughs> <laughs> is, he not, is he that actor from Brookside or is he not? I he, can't work he's out. He's a funny one as well because there are presenters in the one show who don't seem to have any prior presenting experience. So your first job, they've gone, do you want to do a bit of presenting on the primetime BBC One show at 7pm that goes out every weeknight? And you go, yeah, I'll have a go at that. I don't know where he's from. I don't know who he is. And I don't know why I wouldn't shut up. They teamed him up with the sort of child catcher economist. Gangly, (laughs) sort of pale, (laughs) troglodyte sort of. And people get... so, you know, hey, tell him how much money he can get. He says, um, I've got to uh, get, get a taxi when the, the train doesn't come. Well, you could claim back for the taxi. All oh, right. <laughs> Speaking of um, the Twitter feed for the One Show, and you're right, we get, because people just get it slightly wrong, they just type in the One Show, and ours comes up on it. And, and also, the One Show itself has chosen the Twitter handle, at BBC, the One Show, which is, yeah. no one's typing in BBC first. You put that at the end. So ours comes up. Uh, but So this week, uh, this was Leon, who was just, uh, this was the One Show, just, you know, just describing it, which I thought was a, just a beautiful description, so I don't know whether Leon listens, but anyway. Uh, watching the One Show, it's like two groups of customers uh, at the supermarket in the frozen food food aisle, chatting mindless nonsense but blocking the party volivons from your reach. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It is that. We, know, we appreciate everyone who, who bothers to get in touch because God knows, I mean, you know, it's nice to see some effort involved in the one show. Uh, a guy called Pablo Diablo Bonzo did a, a very good point where he pointed real out name, early. Yeah. <laughs> With Michael Crawford, he said, my concern here is this isn't your usual the one show shenanigans. Someone was paid to decide on a song to use that best encapsulates the essence of Michael Crawford. It was a short video they showed of him. And they picked the Pixies' Here Comes Your Man. (laughs) They were saying, how can this be anything other than an attempt to sneak subversive stuff into the one show? Yeah. Absolutely true. That little clip of Michael Crawford, that reminded me, God, blimey, I'd like to see more of his work. He was fantastic, well, wasn't he? I mean, I think the major problem was that Matt clearly fancied himself quite. He thought he could do He really thought he could do it. He thought, well, you know what? Yeah, because he did that thing of saying, was it someone said, I look like a young Michael yeah. Crawford or something? Yeah, you're going, you, you are he's, pi- got, he's trying to pitch himself as this yeah, sort I of... Thought, I, I, I looked at him, I thought, oh, I bet he Anyone who's ever presented it or, or yeah. si- you know, similar ilk of a, of a, of a show are very, very keen for the audience to get the impression that there's more to them than this. Yes, mm. yeah, sure. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's sort of the most disappointing thing about the whole thing when I, whenever I watch anything like that. Uh, the, the person who does it as, really badly is, is Dan Walker from Football Focus. <laughs> yeah. He's dying to, to sort of reference that he li- used to listen to the Smiths and all that in the same way that uh, sort of Gordon Brown, yeah. you know, when he famously was talking uh, about having the Arctic monkeys on I my iPod. It's, it's great to wake up to. Great. Uh, Dan Walker, the one who denies evolution. Yes, yes. yes. Dan yeah. Walker, this is, uh, I imagine, absolutely untrue. But I've heard it numerous, numerous times from people who I, I'm going to say, for the purposes of, of legal reasons, are absolutely wrong. Is that Dan Walker on BBC Breakfast refuses to do any news stories that involve dinosaurs in any way. Now, I, I know there's not a huge amount of like breaking news about dinosaurs, yeah. but if that's true, that is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I won't do the dinosaur story. If one comes back, you won't hear about <laughs> yeah, it on BBC Breakfast. You'll be tuning out of Piers Well, he would have loved the Noah, Benjamin Britten Noah opera that yeah. we spent a lot of time talking about we, this we, week. Do you know what? There was, they showed a little clip of a 15-year-old Michael Crawford when he was doing uh, Benjamin Britten's Noah's Flood, which I think he's bringing back for one night only. Uh, he's playing the voice of God, which he this then refused Friday. to do on air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what it reminded me is when we were watching the one show, they used to, the BBC, record Benjamin Britten operas. 
and put them out on television. And now we see a clip of that and it cuts back and someone's just going, oh, cute. Now here's some sand. Here's here's for more clips from Condor Man. (laughs) Condor Man, I know. know. I bought bought a DVD of Condor Man. It does not hold up, does it? It doesn't fucking hold up. No. Even that clip clip was like, oh, you spoil it for me now, because in my head it was fine, (laughs) but that clip was just showing me. It came on Netflix a couple of years ago. Google it, kids. Condor Man. I tried to show it to my son and we didn't make it. Did you see the Matt Allwright Peace Summit? Yeah. Did you see this? Of course, yeah. I don't think I'll ever unsee it. No. I mean, this was. What had happened here? You could see what had happened, right? So that so it's the day that Trump is meeting Kim in Singapore. Yeah. So they decided that uh, a good feature would be for Matt Allwright, of course, to go and hold a, a peace summit. Yep. Um, in a Singaporean restaurant. Yeah. Which clearly, an assistant producer walked past earlier that day and gone, "We could do something in there." <laughs> That's all that that was. Yep. It was. The biggest waste of time. <laughs> yeah. Well, they had to find no, one person. It wasn't because it gave us the head of the British, co- British absolutely communist they, society. They had to find one person were. who was pro North Korea. He was amazing. And they found that guy, and he was arguing, saying essentially, "America imperialist, and they should leave everyone alone." And he's he said, "If I'm fighting with my wife." My neighbours don't have a right to come over and sort it out. And Matt Allwright just went, but if your wife has a nuclear weapon. <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Credit to Matt Allwright. Yeah. Would, be, would you guys be happy with that? I think it would be hard to justify leaving South Korea, essentially our ally, um, kind of unguarded. It's up to the Koreans to sort out their differences. If I'm fighting with my wife, I don't think my neighbours have a right to come and start saying, oh, well, I'll sort it out. You know, you, you're absolutely right, but if your wife has a nuclear weapon, then it does it does kind of shift the balance of power a little bit. But if you're killing your wife, then <laughs> yeah. yes, they do. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean that's, that's what we're talking about, yeah. not... Yeah. I, he yeah, believes, yeah, yeah. obviously, the communist believes in, in, in all things being shared, apart from an iron, because he clearly hadn't borrowed that off anyone. Scruffy <laughs> shit. But I, I, his face is, his face slowly dropping, as obviously they got him to walk in to shot first, and he was a bit suspicious about what was happening. And then as he was sat at the table with all these other people, as he was getting more and more suspicious. And then by the end where they made them fake, they made them mock up that Trump being menaced by Merkel photograph. Yes. He was just staring off into space going, I've lost, I'm going to get shot. I mean, you knew it was going to go wrong. When, when, a pickaxe when, in the back of the head. When Matt Allwright's opening get sentence... some poison wipes on my mouth in an <laughs> airport. <laughs> Matt Allwright's opening sentence was, Kim, Kim and Trump, ahead of their summit... I've come to a Singaporean restaurant to hold one of my own. <laughs> well, they did say at the end, I thought the very smooth, this was very good of Alex. Did you see what she's coming out of the thing? Yeah. Was it her that said it? Was it Mark? Moving from rogue traders to rogue states. And I, I Let's applaud- hope it all goes well tomorrow. <laughs> I applauded. I applauded that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In my own language. No, it was good. Rogue traders. It, was, rogue it managed state. to hit entirely the wrong tone, I thought. It was brilliant. <laughs> It, the whole part it was too. It was. It wasn't quite light-hearted enough. Oh, Dan, if you'd watched more of the one show, you'd see how often this happened. <laughs> well, well, the yeah. ramifications of this going badly don't bear thinking. About. <laughs> <laughs>
Here's Charles ever... Brandreth standing on a cow. <laughs> this, they Are even... you still technically at war with America? <laughs> <laughs> but this is what makes me think. You sort of go, are they someone listening to the... Are they? I don't know. Because there was a bit, there was a very self-referential bit in Wednesday's show, I think, where Alex said, uh, in a moment we'll be finding out how Professor Alice Roberts has taken inspiration from the animal kingdom to build the perfect version of herself. <laughs> and Matt went... It sounds random. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did she build? Well, she built an animal. Out of what? Out of a of animal. So, the, the, so she's doing a documentary, is that right? Yeah. About, about whether or not humans should take the best bits of the animal kingdom, right. graft them onto our human bodies to improve. So she, the, the argument was, if your hearing is going as it does in your, in your 30s and 40s, right, uh, then why not? Well, if science could give us better ears mm. to catch up, would that be a good thing? Is this the next vote that the British people are going to have? Are you going to have cat feet? <laughs> so, <laughs> so the, vote in which way we're going to involve. Using the best of these animal designs, I'm going to create a lifelike model of me that will be a total rethink of the human body. Oh, wow, look at that. Each improvement will highlight our limitations and reveal how changing body parts could mean compromises. So the mouth needs air from the lungs in order for us to speak. Can I create a body better than my own? And what will she look like? She was building the perfect, if you like, human Bearing in mind that evolution, clearly they just set that aside and gone, and yeah. what if, you know, we did that? So she's, so it's a documentary, but they ruined the end of the documentary. Yeah, big reveal. So there's a huge reveal at the end where this whole documentary is building up, presumably, to, to what, sh- what a human might look like, and they yeah. model it on Alice Roberts. Uh, should all these things have changed according to what people want? Like, I.e., she was talking about childbirth, right? And you go, okay, where's she going with this? And she says, because childbirth's really painful. I've had two kids, and it's really, and Alex is going, oh, yeah, it really hurts. And they go, where are you going with this? Are you coming to some sort of super Vagina, how is this gonna? What are you gonna do? Super and, mouth vagina. <laughs> she she you said, cough it up. And they, they didn't mention top womb. Yeah, <laughs> the elephant, the, the elephant fanny in the room was basically. Do you want one the size of an elephant to get the baby out easier? No, we want a tiny baby, and the, and what we then want to do, we want to come out like a kangaroo does, i.e., tiny, mm. and then as a human, I want to gestate it in a pouch. So like they the built one. this, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They built this creature. And then unveiled it, and it was yeah. a it was a freaky pouch. Did it have clothes on? Child, when it, it had pants and a bra. Yeah, pants and a bra. Yeah, pants and a bra. Kanga human with pants and a bra. This is if this wasn't on television, if you sorry, built Alice, that, you'd sorry, go Alice, to like, prison. I really appreciate you putting all the hours in and everything, but I, I am not fucking shagging that. <laughs> <laughs> Kill it, kill it with fire. That <laughs> was really, really weird. And now to Singapore. <laughs> oh, it's sad to hear that Alice Roberts has gone demented. She yeah, has. Yeah. She's gone demented. The money. The, um, if, we talk about, if we are talking about unnatural things, I'm not saying... I don't know, just call back, but um, did anyone notice the slight frisson of nerves around Michael Crawford when they were talking about um, Benjamin Britten? And the mm. boys' choir that yes. he found. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's BBC 101, isn't it? Talking about when you were younger and you dealing with someone who was older. Quite 
famously yes. <laughs> a lot of rumours circulating about him yes. about, young, about younger boys and you go I don't think they know and Mr Britton was just so amazing mm, to was all of us he was always encouraging and you know how we're always inhibited when we do things that um, especially when you're 12 or 13 yeah, yeah. you've got no confidence at all and he he then used me again in the world premiere of Noise Flood when I was 15. Yeah. And I, I know, no, now yeah. 60. This is the 60th anniversary of the, of the opening night. Yeah. Wow. And he championed you so much that he actually changed some of the singing part because your voice was he dropping, did. My wasn't voice it? had slid. I mean, no. Michael Crawford yeah, yeah. knows what he's trying well, to avoid is, talking uh, about. Yeah, but they don't. They're ploughing on with they're it. Just, like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, I, I should imagine that until 4pm on that day, neither of them had heard the two words Benjamin and Britain <laughs> together. Just, so <laughs> that doesn't come as a surprise. He's the one who aged backwards, isn't he? And then <laughs> <up for> <laughs> it became well, slightly less Over a bridge on a motorway. Uh, you mentioned Orchids, Dan. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I think you should talk us through Orchids. Oh, the Orchid Man. What was he called? I can't remember his Tim. name. Tim the Orchid Man. Uh, this is an extraordinary story about this orchid farm who'd been going for 138 years. And then we're on the edge of collapse because of the recession and the cheap orchids we're all buying. <laughs> I mean, it started from the premise that we all had orchids all the time. And I've never had. I've never seen I've never seen an orchid out in the shop. I'm like, oh, it's an orchid. So, yes, yeah, so, but they were running out this, this collapsing. And then this, very, this posh woman that they interviewed went, I always come here for my orchids. And then... And then they cut to a bit, and Tim goes, "Well, we were going to, we we're going to close, you know. That was it, our last day." And she goes, "Yes, I came down to buy my orchids, and they told me it was the last day, so I rang my husband and said, should we buy it?'" Oh. <laughs> and then this woman just, so I came down for a couple of orchids, came over the whole place. <laughs> Richie, you, you're the Amazing. I came to buy a present for a friend of mine, and everybody who worked here said this would be the last time I'd be able to buy anything. It was, they were closing the following day. And it just seems really shocking that something like this could just disappear overnight. You could just do something like this from 1879 and stop. And so I started talking to the previous owners, discussing what it would mean to buy the business. And then I I got in my car and I phoned my husband and said, do you think I've gone mad? And he said, no. And so literally came in to buy a friend a present and left with McBeans. So it's about an orchid farm and now they create, they've got 100 and... They've got all the rare orchids. Yeah. They don't compete with a big orchids industry. No. But that's why they'd filled the, the, the studio with orchids. Now, I yeah. obviously was saying at the beginning how irresponsible it was at the peak of hay fever season. So here's a thing I learned from the one show. Mm. Orchids don't have pollen. So no. they are hay fever free. You oh, do not... Uh, you not m- a problem. You have to bring them off by hand. <laughs> yeah, eventually, yeah. if we saw Tim bringing... Get off an orchid. So, uh, my question is, what have they got then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 47 years of essentially yeah, yeah. wanking off orchids. Yeah, he's been wanking off orchids his whole life. <laughs> and gets very angry. Thank God we put yeah, the word really... or in front yeah, of that. Because yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> otherwise we're back to Benjamin Britten again. <laughs> So, look, uh, we must uh, sort of come round to the burning questions we always ask, Dan. Mm. Because of the Walking Dead-style podcasts, yeah. always talk about cast deaths. And, and up, to, up to now, no-one has died during the making of the one show, as far as we're aware. Um, but we, we like to fantasise that they might. So if mm. a presenter or a cast member of the one show was to die... Giles uh, Brandreth. <laughs> Hands down, Giles Brandreth. And how? Oh, God. Um, just obscurity, like... Uh, just uh, locked in a room accidentally and left. <laughs> uh, not told that he's being filmed, but there's no camera. <laughs> just, and just left. Just left. Walled up. 
Going, it's a thing about Edgar Allan Poe's anniversary, Charles. And leave him. We're going to wall him, wall you up in a room. Like, oh, what fun! Mm, oh, jolly good. And then just leave him there, banging on the wall. Nico, who? Um, same question. Yeah, I think I like the idea of being involved with Dan in that, and um, <laughs> us meeting up every few years, and sort of it's been eating away at us. Uh, trying to deal with that, trying to emotionally stay on top of that, yeah, and and, and, and almost like uh, what was the what was the Hugh Grant drama recently about the uh, uh, a very, very British, British a very British scandal? It'd be like that, where uh, <laughs> you know we've we've made a really bad decision and it could unpick itself at any point as the mm. pressure starts to get to yeah, yeah. At one time you're trying to slap me around, trying to get hearts. me out of it. <laughs> I, I'm sort of trying to get get you to calm down, and uh, somewhere down the line, one of us is going to throw the other one sort of off a cliff or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And then it's going to come out. Then they're going to find him yeah, yeah. barely breathing, still alive in his room. Oh, no, he's still And he's then the whole it. thing's oh. going to come out and then he'll end up just back on the one show. Oh, and then, <laughs> that's the way I see that going. Damn it, Nico. No one misses him. Literally no one misses him. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Now, have you ever wondered about how motorway signs are made? <laughs> uh, and that is, I mean, for any other business before we end, because I've got we one more handbrake. We so. haven't even talked about uh, David Dimble be playing Fortnite. Oh my god, you're right. Oh god, I've forgotten that. Yes, of course. Yeah, <laughs> He's playing a computer game for the first time. And seemingly with, were his glasses on the end of his nose. Go, uh, yes, um, yes. What am I? Yeah, uh, yes. Can I? If I could just. Oh, I turned into excuse a woman. Me one second. Oh. I turned into a woman. <laughs> and, then I, and then I got a. And then I got a machine gun. But I ran out of bullets. She didn't tell me I only had seven bullets. Of course, Fortnite. Now, for those that don't know, which I include me in this, it's a computer yeah. game for children that's free. But they make their money from down that you can buy stuff in in-game purchases. Always or the extras, yeah. isn't it? So, Always the so, but it's it's a shooting. Yeah, it's yeah. it's basically uh, it's tag, but it's yeah, like but with standing, guns, but with guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I was good. first of all, I I had a tattoo and a big hatchet, and I was dang dang. Well, we're dang. watching you here, David. Look, you're yeah. Very, yeah, you're very into that. Was it, exciting, yeah. but then I turned into a woman, rather weird. <laughs> 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 well, you've got to have a hobby, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Took me by surprise. Well, you know. And then okay. when I was a woman, I was much more that, effective. Yeah. I parachuted into a forest. Yeah. Help me. Yeah. And into a forest, and I went and I looked for enemies. I couldn't find any enemies, so I started destroying trees all around me. Yeah. Not you were gathering resources. Gathering oh, resources. Just imagine if you saw yeah. this clip on its own. You just think he's lost <laughs> his mind. <laughs> 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 he's Out of context. Is it? Is yeah, that a place? It's so it, beautiful. Well, this is, would you like to revisit that place? Yes, but in reality. No, no, just you'd go again, yes, you'd be quite happy with the thing, to. yeah. yeah. Well, you, well, you had to figure, then you found a tactical shotgun, you went absolutely yes, bananas. She, and she said, you can shoot it, Cypher. She said, you run out of bullets. She never yeah. told me you only get seven bullets. And there were people all over the world playing against me who must have thought that was completely bonkers. Yeah, it's like a right. conversation with a 12-year-old. I mean, this is Did the kind of stuff. Well? And Dimbleby had to go on it. There's, yeah, him and his mates, they, they've gone full Bluetooth headset. Yeah. And um, he's basically organising his own social life whilst running around murdering things. The other day, I went. I went to try and talk to him. I went round and said, "Hey, hey, mate!" And he said, "Yeah, hang on one sec. I just need to kill someone." <laughs> it's uh, very exciting. I, I learned something great this week, which was uh, Henry Blofeld explained he was staying at Ian Fleming's house in Jamaica, which is called Goldeneye. Yeah. And when he was there on his honeymoon, and Noel Coward gave him the recipe for the perfect martini, you pour dry gin into a glass and wave it in the general direction of Italy. He taught me how to make the dry martini to end all dry martinis. Oh, go on. So he said, um, to make the perfect martini, we'll pour quite a lot of gin into a glass, yeah. and then wave it in the general direction of Italy. 
And it's as simple as that. Job yeah. done. I thought that was a proper bit of old school Very glamour. Nice. Yeah. I watched that and then went and did it. <laughs> to get me through the next <laughs> bit of the programme, I thought that I'm going to have one of those. Didn't even yeah, bother yeah. waving it in the direction <laughs> of Italy. Yeah. Drank it warm from your hands. Yeah. <laughs> I learnt, uh, in the words of Tim, the orchid man, that if you tell a Dutchman you can pot by hand, he'd probably wet himself. <laughs> Uh, and I bring you another handbrake turn. This was when Colin Murray, who was getting very excited about the One Show World Cup, where they played the World Cup, all, all the games down to the final within the space of an hour of the One Show on Wednesday uh, on table football. Right, this is what they were doing outside. I mean, it was a Colin was the most enthusiastic man shouting about this as though it was the actual thing. Um, and at one point, at the beginning, he just went. There were just two people playing table football. He just went, "This is unbelievable." And you go. It isn't two people. Also, for the one show, all it's perfectly normal. <laughs> yeah. But then there was a there was a bit at the end of it. They were talking about Robbie Williams uh, opening the World Cup, um, and and Colin had done a, a little joke. Uh, okay, and, and you know, say handbrake turn, and he, he went, "Well, let's hope uh, England entertain us um, and don't come undone." Right, two Robbie Williams songs there, uh, and Alex are all very good. And then they all started laughing. <laughs> And the map maker went, now, Grenfell. The songs, he's got the songs. Well, we, we all know that Gareth Southgate has been saying, let me entertain you, right? Yeah. Let's hope they don't come undone. Very good, very good. Thank you, Colin. We're going to be back with you later on. Oh, we're about a third of the way through this, but uh, now our artist, Anna Banji, is in West London, taking on an assignment for a significant anniversary that's taken place this week. I'm in North Kensington, where 12 months ago, the Grenfell Tower fire destroyed the homes of a community and caused the death of 72 people. Oh, like, okay, well done. You got us. You got us through it in the the roller coaster ride that is the one show. Uh, Dan, let's talk more about David Williams. Well, he was he was awkward, didn't he? He didn't feel very comfortable sitting on the one show sofa. No. Sofa. Uh, he was stuck next to drunk David Dimbleby. Maybe not Coke. Maybe it's Coke. Maybe it's just. <laughs> maybe it was just maybe nice a bit of a being, mixture. Being nice, being out with people who aren't clever. You know, it's just like, like when you hang out with kids, you get really pretty. But yeah, he was he was extraordinarily grumpy. I it was and Williams grumpy. Yeah. Well, he's a cunt. Well, so that's yeah, why. I, mean, I, I didn't want to. You know. I've worked in this industry quite a long time yeah. now and I've met a lot of people and most yeah, of them yeah. are nice but the yeah, opposite yeah. of that is David Williams who is a mm. cunt yeah. in all content I mean as an interviewee as a person socially uh, yeah. just a horrible horrible man yeah. it's I'm worth happy mentioning to, I say as I find and I it, found and, him and the, uh, absolutely the, the horrible the arseholes rolled dull <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's worth mentioning we've become really emboldened because last week I referred to Tommy Steele as being a cunt and we've heard nothing from him so we now think that actually it's fine it's just opinion so it's my opinion. Yeah, I think it's just yeah. I think it's just vulgar abuse. I believe yeah. is the legal term. <laughs> he's just, yeah. At the end of the day, he's an unple- he was unpleasant. So I found him unpleasant. So I'm going to say so. I really, I thought, I really I enjoyed t- that, that turn where Matt Baker went, and of course you're in a film, and actually went, yes, yes, no, Jennifer Aniston. How did that happen? <laughs> what? I mean, you're just an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, your reputation is as a pro- cunt. She's properly so famous. How, how are you, are you in the film? I can't wait for his next book, which will be about like a, a dog who steals a diamond or something. And it's just saying underneath, the assholes roll doll. Damn that's all. <laughs> cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh. oh dear! Please buy better. There are better books out there. <laughs> 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 I mean, also 
that's not uh, Quentin Blake who does his drawings. It's a bloke who's Nick Quentin Blake's style. <laughs> <laughs> that's more annoying. Isn't yeah, it? It's not even the guy that did the Oddbins illustration. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it brings us to the end. Dan Tetzel, thank you very My much. My pleasure. Uh, Nico uh, Tatarovic. I knew. Uh, and of course, Mark Hanks. Uh, worth pointing out, John, just very quickly. Yeah. We, we, we really feel like we're cutting through with this podcast at the minute. It's really getting popular. Um, Steve Doherty, he said, uh, I never watched The One Show, and yet I love The One Show Show. Uh, I can't explain it. And the important thing to note on that is the reply he got from someone, which is from Zorro P. Freely, who said, You mean it's real? I heard a trailer for it in another podcast and I assumed it was a spoof ad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you listen to this, you probably wish it was. Yeah. Bad luck. That's a fair point. But but you're right, though. It does help, doesn't it? And all podcasts say this, don't they? So we might as well be the same. Mm. Rate it and review it. Download it. Subscribe to it. I don't know how. Yeah. And and don't at David Williams in it, please. (laughs) For God's sake. For God's sake. His uh, Twitter handle is at cunt. If you do, do bear in mind it wasn't me who said that. (laughs) Uh, That was John who said that. <laughs> Thank you for listening. And remember, and this is very important to remember, of course, when you look at the television to look at the one show, the one show also looks back into you. Goodbye. Rule of Three, a podcast presented by me, Joel Morris, and me, Jason Hazley, in which we talk to people who make comedy about the films, and TV, and books, and records, and comics, and people that make them laugh. She doesn't want people having a go at Martin, <laughs> even though she can, and that's true. Of, I mean, most of my friends are idiots, but they're my friends. Yeah. <laughs> I never really understood what Hans Solo did for a job. <laughs> you don't need to know anything more than, like, he's just sobbing while being punched in the balls. They were just trying to make each other laugh in the office. You have to show a certain amount of contempt for your audience. <laughs> <laughs> Write your own jokes, Ben you lazy bastard. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Rule of Three Pod. Rule of Three. Available now from all good podcastier. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? 
Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.